Welcome to another edition of the Untold Patriot Stories podcast with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher, where you'll hear stories told by the players and media members. So, all right, so my second part is is uh, you uh, you and Bay Perilli kind of intertwined a little bit. It was in arena football, but but tell us because you kind of followed him around a little bit. So why don't you get into some of that? Well, it was 1988, and the Arena Football League was the first year that they had owners. There were six teams. Uh, I knew, the, the rumor was it was going to be a team in Providence, and they call it the New England Steamrollers. So I contacted some of those people, and I tried to figure out who they uh, who they were going to get for to bring in. And, and so and the rumor was they were going to they were going to bring they were talking to Gino Capoletti. So I called Gino. Hey, Gino, what's going on? Because, you know, Gino and Babe and I, we all worked together, you know, with the with the Patriots. And so oh, it was it was 88. And Gino goes, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I told him to call Babe. So, OK, goodbye, Gino. And I hung up the, and I got right on the phone and called Babe out in Denver. And Babe said, well, I know they want to they want me to come in. Yeah, I don't know, Buff. I don't know. I said, look, here's what we'll do. I'll run the defense. You run the offense. And, you know, let's let's do it. So Babe said, well, give me a couple of days. So Babe called me back in two days. I said, Buff, I'm going to do it. And uh, so we so we got together. We brought in another coach from uh, Canada by the name of George Brancato. So it was just the three of us. And we got involved in this Arena Football League. And in the beginning of the year, we got our tails beat because we had no idea what it was all about because you were only supposed to play man defense. And so we then we figured out how people were cheating and doing putting zones in with the with with the with the man. <laughs> defense. And, and so so we had, you know, we had a so so called year. And uh, I don't know if you remember Frank J. Russo, the promoter. Yep, sure. Uh, he was one of the owners, and uh, so so we had so that so Babe and I we did that New England Steamrollers. And then the next year, the next year, the uh, the owners tried to buy the commissioner Jim Forst out out of and and uh, and he he wouldn't give in. So the owner said, "Oh, well, then you don't have a league." So we had to. We had to get together as no, with no owners in 89 and go all over the country, barnstorm all over the country. And uh, I, Babe and I, we took a team by the name of Denver, the Denver Dynamite. And we would play <laughs> Chicago. Names. Okay. We would yep. call the Denver Dynamite. We would play Chicago, but we would play them in Sacramento because Jim Foster, <laughs> because Jim Foster had a deal with these, with every different city with, and he had a deal with, uh, oh, I guess I'm trying to think, Continental Airlines, the flyers around. We'd go into the cities and stay there all week. And we would use uh, some field that the arena would set up. And uh, and then we would and budget rent a car. Was, and we just barnstormed all over the country. Now, we went and we played, uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. We, we, we played Denver in Denver. And, and we played uh, Washington when we, in, 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 uh, in Denver. We, and we only got to play one home game. But we barnstormed all over the, the country just to keep it together. And and so, I mean, th- that again, and babe, babe, oh, my God, everywhere we went, Babe Perilli would say, Buff, because he would have practice in the mornings. He said, Buff, okay, uh, in the afternoon, he'd have he'd call the golf courses. And he'd say, <laughs> okay, Buff, tell, tell them that Babe Perilli's in town and we want to come up and play golf for nothing, you know. So I would, okay, babe, you know, and I would get on the phone. And I'd call and they would say, I mean, I'd never go up beyond the second call. Oh, we'd love to have you. And we would show up and play golf. We played golf all over the country. It was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I could write a book just about that year. 
And then the next, then the next year, Babe got me the head job in Albany. So I was the head coach of the team called the Albany Firebirds for four years. Nice. And Babe, Babe stayed in Denver. Okay. You want me to go on? You are our guest. You go talk yeah. as long as you want to talk. Because, well, because after, after, oh, I tell you, we, we used to go to places like, like we were down in Florida one time and, uh, and, uh, and this one gentleman was having a couple of beers with Babe and I walked over there and this gentleman, his name is Trey. There were these guys, and you have to understand, fellas, these guys were all gone. And this boy, Tracy said, Hey, by Buff, you play golf. I said, Yeah. So how would you and Babe like to play with me and, and Arnold Palmer tomorrow? Said, what? Oh my God. So I, I had to put my beard. I, I couldn't even sleep, you know? So, yeah. oh my God. Play so the next day we drove into this place and here comes Tracy. He says, Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Arnold Palmer can't play. We're going to be playing with Davey Johnson instead. <laughs> All right. You know, the, 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 and I swear to God, fellas, I swear to God, I didn't even know who Davey Johnson was until we got to the second hole. I said, wait a minute. You're the coach of the Mets. There you go. <laughs> so, but, but then, uh, you know, we, we had so many funny stories. Uh, uh, and then in 1975, I left the, uh, the Albany Firebirds. And Babe was now the coach of uh, '95 of the team called the Las Vegas Sting. So I love these I, names. <laughs> I, joined, I joined Babe. I joined Babe again, and and we coach a team called the Las Vegas Sting. You know, for the '95 season, and uh, then the '90 '96 season, I ended up uh, uh, get, coming. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That was '95. '95. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was '94. '95. I Babe again. Got me the head job at the Connecticut Coyotes. <laughs> oh, so now I'm coaching Ki- Ki- Connecticut Coyotes. Now in 96, I ended up going to uh, the Charlotte Rage. And, and then Arena that, Football. Yeah. Charlotte Rage. And that was 96. And 97, now Babe comes to Florida and he becomes the head coach of the Florida Bobcats. So I joined Babe then. And then oh, the following Babe, so Babe retired after 97 and, the, and I took over the team in 98 of the Florida Bobcats. Yeah. Yeah. And then you retired, that, right? That's when Babe retired. Yeah. So just bring it back a little bit, just to Babe Pirelli uh, played for the Oakland Raiders. They, uh, the Boston Patriots traded to bring him to the Boston Patriots. He played for the Boston Patriots from 61 to 67. He was the comeback player of the year in 66 and the, and AFL All-Star a couple times. He's in the Patriots Hall of Fame. And then he goes to play for the Jets and wins a Super Bowl as the backup. Actually threw seven touchdown passes in the, the, the season that the Jets won the Super Bowl. So for some of the people that are listening that might not know Babe Pirelli, Babe Pirelli was a tremendous uh, college player, a sweet Kentucky Babe. And then he comes to the Patriots and uh, has a really great career, and he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame. So just a little background information uh, of what Babe did after his football career for the Patriots and the Jets. So thanks well, for that uh, buff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, your, your podcast is untold Patriot story. So we got to tell a babe, a babe Perilli story. There you, there go. you go. All right. <laughs> babe Perilli is playing for the, you know, I, I got all the stories from, this is from babe, babe. So babe's playing for Mike Holovac and I forgot what year it was. And uh, so babe uh, is in the shower and he gets, uh, gets a athlete's foot, gets a fungus on his, on his in his feet, so he goes to Mike Holovac. He said, and he says, and he, he says, Mike, I got this uh, fifteen dollar bill uh, for for this fungus I had to get for the shower. And Mike Holovac says, Oh, 
you know, you know my, uh, babe, I can't, I'm not, I'm not giving you $15 for, for, <laughs> for, for that. I'm not, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's not a legitimate thing. Okay. So the next day, babe goes back. He, he says, Mike, I'm thinking of retiring unless I get a $10,000 raise. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so 10,000 over $15, huh? Yeah. And you have to remember that Mike Holovac is the one that brought me into football. And yeah. he was with Jets. And uh, and I worked for him part-time. I started out part-time scouting for the Jets. And then Lou Holtz became the head coach. And then Lou Holtz, uh, he quit, you know, with four games to go, I believe it was, in 1976. And and, and this was uh, Namus last year. And uh, so because Lou Holtz could not take – the, the, the he could not fathom the idea of the players staying out all night and then showing up like because you know Amoth would show up drunk in the, in the locker room in the morning and we have to throw him in a shower you know so uh, so uh, so when Mike what's his name took over Mike Holovac took over I went and I helped out Mike for the last four games and then of course later on Mike let, came back to the Patriots he switched jobs with a guy by the name of Mike Hickey Mike Hickey was a uh, a scout with the Patriots, and he went back to the he went to the Jets and became the scouting director. And Mike Holler, who was the scouting director, came back to the Patriots as a scout, and that's when they brought me in. So, yeah, so oh, some cool Boston Patriots and New England Patriots uh, f- folklore there. Uh, you know, Babe and I spent a lot of time together, as I did with with Gino, and you mentioned Joe Bellino and some of those kind of guys. But Babe said whose best career was being a backer for Joe Namath especially with the after parties because uh, Babe was uh, single back then. And uh, he says, get the secondhand uh, selection of after Joe Namath picked out the two or three that he uh, wanted to hang out with. Uh, Babe said that that was kind of a fun thing. So I don't want to get too deep into that, but Babe was a, a fun guy to hang around with, I bet. Well, you know, the one thing about, I'll tell you the thing about Joe Namath. I remember talking to Joe and I, and I, and I had, this was before I actually was got involved with coaching. I, I had signed a contract with a team called the Bridgeport Jets in 1970. So we went down to Florida to work out, and we ran into Joe. We were talking to Joe. Joe, you, we need you to come and throw, you know, throw the ball. And at the time we were sitting there, he was drinking some vodka and tonics, you know. And uh, he said, hey, I don't, I don't need to work out. He says, I'm working out right now. And he's going, I'm working out right now <laughs> with my vodka. So, <laughs> so he was, he, Joe's a character. That's great. It is. All right, Dave, good. you're up. So, you know, we've talked about Mike Holovac, Chuck Fairbanks, Babe Perilli, a lot of these legends from the Patriots. Um, but one one person we haven't talked about uh, was actually the a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, this year. Um, and it says that uh, he hired you, uh, Bucko Kilroy. Um, oh, yes. Do you have any stories with him? I, I, I don't think that, you know, uh, there's not enough information out there about him. Well, first of all, Mike Holovac called me up and said, get your buddy up here tomorrow. We're gonna, you know, we just fired someone. So I, so I came up the next day and I sat down with Bucko and I, I, and he, he's talking to me and, and asking about my background and, and Mike Holovac's very high on you. Uh, we, you know, I want to bring you, we're going to bring you in for the scouting. And the whole time he's talking to me, I'm looking at his jersey and it's, he's got a Patriot logo, but it's brown. <laughs> And then I realized he had yellow ones that were, and had the logo. And then he had these. And what was going on is Luongo, uh, you know, Luongo, the equipment manager, was selling everybody jerseys of all different colors instead yeah. of just. George <laughs> Luongo, yeah. A bucko. So, so I started working for Bucko. So I would come in the office in the morning and work in the scouting department. And Bucko said, okay, come on, we'll go to my house for lunch. And then we'd go to Bucko's house for lunch. And, uh, and then. Uh, 
what's his, uh, his wife would make our lunch for us. And then he said, okay, let's go. And then we would go out into the, the all these yard sales or these auctions and buy all this junk. And he had me carted around and I had to take it and put store it in his backyard or, or in some <laughs> shit. And then years later, you know, when they were, old, when, the, when the team was practicing over at the Rentham school, sure. he, you know, he had, a, I had already left. He had, he had had all kinds of people working for him and he was putting all that junk in the Rentham school. But that's what Buckle did. He liked to, he liked to, uh, he was like a, what, a pat rat. He liked to buy, buy junk. And I remember one time he bought a bunch of books and he said, he looked at me, he said, Buff, you, you think they're just books, don't you? Open them up. And he opened them up and there were, there were clippings from the, from the civil war. And that's wow. what he, that's oh, what, wow. why, so he knew what he was doing, you know, but, but Bucko was, Bucko was very, very smart. He would have his scouts like Tony Rosano. If you remember Tony Rosano, who later went to the 49ers, got involved with uh, Joe Montana signing uh, uh, Mob Sunderland. I don't know if you remember him, Tom Boyster. They were his scouts. They were on the road and Bucko had a system where he would bring in high school coaches like Bob Tian, if you remember Oki O'Connell. And I used to coordinate these coaches coming in, and we would take put film college film up on the uh, on the screen, and they had to do all the production, like how many tackles, and and it was a way of bucko testing of what the pl- scouts were doing on the road to see if they were doing you know doing their job. Because I won't mention the the scout's name, but a scout had written a story, I mean a, a report on Bob Golick. And when I did the, the film report, Bob Gullick uh, had something like 12 solo tackles, you know, 17 assists. I mean, it was it was crazy production. But when the scout that was on the road did the same film, he didn't have any production. You know, he had three tackles. So that was a way of buckle figuring it out. They didn't really do their job. They were just, you know, making up these. And that was what buckle did. That's how how you know unique and how fine tuny was and and i'll tell you what i remember at the time uh they uh we 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 had a uh, the first round pick was rick sanford and i told rick sanford this story i because i just ran into rick last year when he started coming up to the games i said and i said rick you want to know how you got drafted he said no i said well there was a guy by the name of lawrence uh uh oh god i'm seeing you know see who it here oh it'll come to me in a Something, uh, oh, the defensive back from uh, from Green Bay. Oh, well, it'll come to me in a minute. But it was it was it was he and it was Rick Sanford up there. And uh, and so Bucko said, "Which one do you want?" And it was and it was kind of sad that they had to say this because they wanted to go with the fast fastest white guy, you know. And it was Rick oh, Sanford. Goodness. So that's how they they drafted Rick Sanford. And uh, and then Green Bay took the other the other kid right after us, you know. Uh, they were very, very back then. Those days, before Fairbanks left, they were very strict on the on the scouting. You know, once Fairbanks left, and then Chuck, and then Ronnie Art took over. You know, their Bill Billy uh, Sullivan was letting all this all the people come into the to the scouting room, and you know, of course, you know, he had Ronnie Hart had no choice but to let him in. But when it was Chuck Fairbanks, everything was so you know so rigid, rigid. You know. So, so but Bucko, Bucko was Bucko was was really good to me, until I went on to coaching staff. When I went on to coaching staff, he wanted me to go and get some junk with him, one day. Yeah. And I went to Ron. I said, Ron, 
Ron, Bucko wants me to go get that junk. And he, so, so Ron went up to his office and said, you know, he said, hey, look, Buffington works with us now. He's working with the coaches. So that's when Bucko came down and said, you don't work for me anymore. You work for the coaches. And after that, my, 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 my relationship with Bucko really started going downhill. <laughs> so was, there was time. So that's when it was time for me to get out of there. And when Bill Parcells left to go to the Giants, you know, the 81 season, they wanted me to come down there, you know, Bill, because he realized that I had done all the codes, all the codes on the on the film takeoffs. And when you take the films off, we were now putting it in, into uh, computers. And uh, so, but, the, but Roselle sent a, a memo out that every team had to hire a, a minority. So Bill had to call me back and said, hey, Buff, we can't bring you in. We got to hire a guy by the name of Romeo Grinnell. There and you then, go. Another, another name from the past. And as the Patriots, we had to hire a guy by the name of Bobby Greer. Wow. Uh, because And, you know, Tommy Usick and Bob, John Palancic, they were demoted into quality control because they had to bring in Bobby Greer. And uh, now those are, you know, those are stories to have. And I mean, right now I, I became good friends with Romeo and I became, and we're, of course, I'm good friends with Bobby Greer because, you know, we had Bobby Greer, for, you know, for the 81 season. We all got fired, and then they brought Ron Meyer. And Bobby Greer calls me up, and he said, Buff, Ron Meyer called me. He wants me to come in. They want me to come back as a scout. I said, Bobby, you have got to do it. You've got to get your feet back in the door. Because once you get your feet back in the door, you never know what's going to happen. And, of course, we all know that, you know, three years later, you know, Raymond Berry took over, and he brought back uh, Bobby Greer. He brought back John Polanczyk. He tried to buy me, bring me back. But uh, the Sullivans said, hey, look, we fired all you guys in 81. Now you want to bring Buffington back. So <laughs> oh, no, this, this, is, this is how the, the game was played, you know. Yeah, but I, right. And, of course, you know, you know and, then, uh, and then, of course, Bobby Greer uh, eventually got elevated because he was in the scouting now. And then he got elevated to vice president. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Um, so one thing I want to touch base on, I, I know how much time we have here, but uh, you were part of the uh, duck boat parade uh, when the Patriots won. Uh, tell us about that experience being uh, on the duck boat. Uh, yeah, three of them. I was, uh, I was involved in three of them. Uh, I guess it was what, Seattle was the first one. Right. Uh, February 1st, oh, that, right? Yeah. That was, that, was a great, that was a great thing. That was a lot of fun. I was on the boat with uh, Troy, Troy Brown, uh, myself, Peter Brock. Uh, oh, a whole bunch of us. Uh, Beasley Reese. Uh, yeah, is that uh, uh, Derek? No, Derek Beasley. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Lenny St. Jean was there. Uh, and then the second year, we I got on the duck boat with my daughter, and Steve King was there, and, and Steve King's daughter. And uh, we got lost. We were the last boat. <laughs> <laughs> we got lost, and they and 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 they, the rest of the, the parade took off. And we were left behind, and we we kind of made our way. And the crowd was already crossing the streets because they thought the parade was over. And then, of course, I, I, then I just did the they did the last one with uh, when after they after they beat uh, the the Rams. So yeah, so I've done three of them. Yeah, uh, that was that was a that was well, that was wonderful that Mr. Kraft invited us the alumni to be on it. That's awesome. See, we talked about you mentioned the Sullivans. So you got to have a Billy Sullivan, Pat Sullivan story. I mean, he was known to be pretty cheap back in the day. So you you have any Billy Sullivan stories? Well, we never. I never really. 
really good. I, I met Billy so many times, but I never really, you know, talked to him a lot. Uh, I know that one time, one story is that when they brought Gino Capoletti into, in, in, into the, into the team, it was 79, 78, 79, 81, you know, uh, we would be in meetings, and 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 all of a sudden, Billy Sullivan would come to the door and say, "Gino, I need. Could I see you, please?" And Gino, he would pull Gino out of the out of the room and, to go play golf somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, so uh, important business. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because uh, he, he, you know, he had, you know, Billy Sullivan. We had, you know, client clients, or you know, people, you know, the money people that he wanted to, to Gino, you know. So that that was that. That's but. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget. Uh, one time we were down playing the Miami Dolphins, and every time we played Miami, we would go down there and uh, stay for the whole week. So this one week, we went down and we got invited up to Billy's, Billy's. Uh, uh, I think it was the uh, the Atlantic uh, Atlantis Atlantis Club or something down there. Uh, so we were there, and then we went to we 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 would. Drinking, eating caviar. Billy was in a good mood. He invited wow. us all to Atlantis Golf Club or something. I guess BB Rabuzo or something. Was that some? Do you remember that BB name? BB Rabuzo, yeah, the yeah. politician. Yeah, some place there, some there. So we were over there. And we we walked in, and there was this long table, this long table. And as I walked in, and there was next to it, it was a round table. And as I walked in, uh, I was coming out of the boys' room, and all the coaches were at the wrong round table. And then this long table that had Billy Sullivan and Mary up at the, the, the front and George Luongo right next to Billy Sullivan and 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 uh, and Ron, Ron Earhart. And I was down, I, I ended up down the far end because that's the only seat I could find. And as I went down there, Ron Earhart's wife was there and she had, had quite a few Kool-Aids. OK, <laughs> so and she was saying, Rick Buffington, look at this. Here I am sitting down here with you, and my, and there's my husband sitting there, and George Owango sitting right next to him, and I'm down here with you. Oh my god! That, <laughs> that couldn't have went over too well, right? <laughs> I think I think Mary Sullivan got very upset about that. So, so and then of course we all got fired after that. Oh geez. So you can read between the lines. Yep. There you go, right? <laughs> All right, well, we'll start wrapping this up. So, I, first, I wanted to say uh, thank you for coming on tonight, Rick. You had a lot of great stories, and uh, you've definitely had a, a life filled with football. So, thank you for sharing some of those stories with us. And, uh, like I said, thank you for coming on. And, Bob, I'll spin it over to you. So, one of the questions that I like to ask is, you know, what have you learned um, from football that you apply to your life as a parent or as a coach or as a father? You know, some of the mantras that you bring to, uh, you know, I know you do a lot of public speaking and stuff like that, but with so much anxiety out there now, so much, uh, you know, things that are people are going through, what kind of obstacles that, that they have to overcome? What are some of the lessons that you would like to share with people when you're, you're giving, uh, you know, a, a motivational kind of speech to people? Well, first, first of all, you know, being a very small person, you know, I, all my life, you know, you'll never, you'll never do this. You, you, you're wasting your time playing football. You'll never be anything. So that just kind of drove me, you know, drove me on and it kept me going, kept me going because, you know, you know, the old story about, you know, you're never going to be anything. 
But uh, that's one thing about football that gave me all this. I, I went from one level to the next level to the next level. And who, who knew that a guy, uh, you know, a, a schmuck like me from Fall River, <laughs> Durfee High School would end up with the New England Patriots, but but the but the reward I really uh, the reward that I really have received is not money, but it's the phone calls that I get from all the different players. Because you have to realize in coaching, every time you pick up that phone and you call a player and you tell them, "I want you to come to this team," you change people's lives. And I have players that still call me to this day that thank me. They have families. They have great jobs. They still thank me to this day. And that's my reward. And I remember kids that came up from Missouri, because especially in arena football, we used to pay for their housing. Kids that would come up from, uh, I'm sorry, Mississippi and say, Coach Buff, we lived in a shack. We never lived in a place like this. And, uh, and, 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 and I, you know, and I'm saying to myself, being from Fall River, you know, and coming like from, a, you know, a, a middle class family, uh, they didn't never really realize what a lot of these kids went through, but that's the reward I I've always received. And I look forward to getting those, uh, you know, I went to Brigham young university and they had an honor code and it was called, you had to sign an honor code, no drinking, no smoking, no coffee or tea. I was very naive at that age. And when I see people like Kyle Van Noy and, and players before him that I run into that went to Brigham young, Hey, Kyle, do they still have that honor code? He said, yes, coach, they still have that honor code. We have to sign that. No drinking, no smoking, no coffee, because, you know, it's very. And I thought that uh, oh, I would have a great job when I would get out of college because I went to school like that. And I what I did. I was 23 years old. I got out of college and I became a head coach. That was I got a, a small college job right away. And uh, so, like I said, that's the reward is, is dealing with all the kids. Well, that's awesome. So I just want to get one more plug out for uh, Paul Solano, uh, the Pearl Street Restaurant, the general manager. Uh, check out his podcast, uh, Paul Ponders, uh, Paul at pon paulponders.com and uh, reach him at Paul at, at Paul PS and all marketing group PS at and all marketing group, all one word at gmail.com. He's got a wealth of contacts. He's going to hook you up with uh, all kind of events. And uh, he does a business checking account. He does comedy shows. And uh, um, he's even into real estate. So uh, check out Paul Ponders on his uh, podcast. And uh, check out the Pearl Street Restaurant in Malden. Um, I'll send it to you, Dave. And then we'll wrap it up with Scott. Yeah, Coach Buff, uh, thanks again for being here. Um, I know when we first, um, before we got on the air, you'd mentioned uh, as today's the day that we think Tom finally called it quits for good, that you've got a you've got a photo behind you of Tom and there was a story about it. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, this is a this is a, a big you can see how you can see how big it is. Uh it's like about two and a half feet by three. I was down in Florida about four years ago and went into a, uh, a thrift shop. Now down in Florida, the, thr the thrift shops are not like the, the Salvation Armies around here. There, there's a lot of nice stuff. And this thing was hidden. It was hidden. And uh, this, the girl that was the manager had just received it. And she told me later that she had to uh, keep it for 48 hours before she could sell it, but she had it hidden. And it was only $249. Uh, $299. I made a phone call because it's got the hologram. You can see the hologram. Yeah. Sure. And uh, and I called a friend of mine. They said, I told him what was on the back, the certificate of authenticity, and it's signed by Tom. 
And this, I forget, think this was after the third Super Bowl. And he said, oh, yeah, down in Florida, that's worth about, you know, $1,300. But up here in Massachusetts, that's about 3000 So I picked it up. And I'm very, you know, you know I'm very uh, proud of it. But I'm also proud that Steve King and I, we bought a Tom Brady uh, autographed helmet, a very special helmet from Tampa uh, Bay. We bought that. And uh, <clears throat> so now that Tom's finally retired now well, we could we know that in five years the value of these things that we have <laughs> will go up <laughs> yeah sure. yep waiting for steve to come back up and give me a call because we we had talked about that so. yeah, i talked to steve today yeah yeah yep. and that just just for those that wanted to know it's a it's a very large um sports illustrated cover with a beautiful signature of the of that yeah. that age so thanks for yeah. sharing that story yeah thank you yeah i we you know it's a it's a great piece yeah, have a lot of nice memorabilia here. I have Joe Namath's Super Bowl ring. There That's you cool. go. Nice. Joe, yeah, Joe Namath. Wow. Then and then I've got the replica of all the other rings from the Patriots, and I got Ted Williams signed stuff. Yeah, every once in a while I'll dabble in something. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know everybody's got to have a man cave. You know, yep. this, this is mine. In fact, right now I'm looking up at a picture of of Pat Sullivan and Donnie Brochure. Remember those guys? Oh, sure. That's all. Yep. We're all playing. There they are. They were. The, we're all playing flag football. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's Pat Sullivan, uh, Kenny Deininger video. There's uh, Donnie brochure there. Yeah. That's me with uh, when I was at the Jets. Joe Namath is a tall helmet there. Yeah. yeah. Boxing. Yep. Great memories, fellas. Great memories. You know, when we when we talked on the phone, um, you know, you said that, and, and we've gotten this comment from from a couple of guys, um, you know, and, and and it means a lot to me, and I'm sure you know Bob and Dave will feel the same way. Uh, you know, you said it's a great thing that you're doing, bringing back these plays and talking to them and all that stuff. So, I mean, that was that was a big compliment coming from you, and you know, I think we enjoy it more than they do. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because I think they enjoy it more than we do. Um, just talking football and. You know, talking about the old days, teammates, and all the stuff that they went through as a kid. So, um, you know, to hear that from you, that you know, that means a lot. And you know, we we hope we're uh, we're making guys happy, and you know, they're having fun doing this. You know, we just had Tony Collins on. Me and David talked to Tony Collins. We had Rick Sanford on. You know, you talked talked about him, and you know, they re- they really seemed that big smile on their face, and, and they love talking. You know, just like you know, like you did tonight. You know, it's. The conversations are easy and, 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 you know, it ends up when you look up, you know, you've been talking for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is. So, um, you know, we hope you had some enjoyment tonight talking about some of the stuff and, uh, you know, hope you're a listener of the podcast. Yeah. It's all Patriot stories. And also, if anyone's or anybody's in, interested in my background and more, I have a, a website called coachbuffconsulting.com. There you go. Oh, great. So, yep. Talk a little bit about it. This is your chance to to pub your stuff, so you can yeah, talk well, a little bit more about it. Yeah. Well, basically, you know, when my daughter, my, I get all these people, these these fathers and grandfathers, call me up and say, hey, "Coach, you know, we, you know, I've, I've got a 13 year old son. I want to teach him how to be a wide receiver. Teach him how to be a quarterback." So what I do is I I I bring I go to these kids and I and I teach them the, the fundamentals of being a quarterback the the what to do and uh and, and also wide receiver because i have this thing about how to run uh, the the proper way of running a lot of people think that you run with your feet and you actually do run with you using your hips the hips give you more uh flexibility and more power when you when you run especially for if you're a wide receiver or a defensive back 
And I have a, like I said, I do those. And I also uh, help people. Some of these arena teams put, put together. I, I help them create their, uh, their budgets, their, their, uh, their whole foundation, because there's so many arena leagues right now that are out there. Yep. They're all spots from the original one. And, uh, and then there's so uh, kids, there's kid. I, everybody's a kid because everybody's younger than me. They're all, <laughs> I've got kids that call, kids call me, they're starting up semi-pro football. And I give them ideas, how to promote it, how to bring someone money in. And, uh, and, 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 and then of course I do some public speaking when I can. And then of course I'm very involved with the public, the Patriots alumni club, which right now, you know, Peter Brock is retiring. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, he's taking retired. over. That, you know, we don't know yet because right now we're waiting for the Patriots to, uh, to 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 tell us what direction they want us to go. I'm on the board of directors, uh, along with uh, uh, Rick Cash, Peter Brock, uh, Ilya uh, Jaroszczyk, uh Roland James, uh, Mac, Max Lane. And we're having a big uh, dinner on the 24th of February to honor Peter Brock for what he's done. And But it's time to go in a different direction. So we're going to wait to see how the... The Patriots. We we've had some meetings with the Patriots, and we're going to see how uh, what direction it's going to go to. Uh, but I'm sure you know we're going to have we we're definitely going to have a Patriots uh, club, you know, alumni club. So, and like oh. I said, uh, so that's that's something that's going. To, I thought maybe you knew that, but uh, breaking uh, news, breaking news. Well, anything we can do to help, let us know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well. Coach Buff, it was it was our honor to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for taking time with us. And uh go Pats and hopefully uh we'll hear some news on the alumni club. And you, you Dave, Scott, you Dave and, and Bob, thank thank you for what you do. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Good night. Good night. All right. Take care. Thank Thanks for listening to Untold Patriot Stories with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher. Please follow us on whatever platform you download your podcasts and be sure to tell your friends.